spread the word. The JCPenney Friends and Family Sale is back. And this week, we're passing the savings on to you. Use your extra 30% off coupon to prep your home and style your family for Easter. That's extra savings on top of our great low prices. Plus, share your coupon with everyone you know and love. It's always better when we save together. JCPenney, make everybody count. Offer valid 311 through 317. Exclusions apply. See store or jcp.com for details. I'm running around Neon, and I can see him chasing me, like... Coming like the Terminator? All the other security guards are just do-do-do. They don't care whatsoever. (laughs) And he's running after me. I find some dark alleyway where there's no other NPCs. He tries to shake me down, and I murder him. And, of course, Sarah leaves me. Welcome to episode 23 of Starfield with Normal People. My name is Michael, and as always, I am here with Dwayne. What is up, everybody? Dwayne, how's it going? It is going good, Michael. Thanks for asking. You know, I am basking in this beautiful new sunrise. Yeah. We are now getting in the new patch. I downloaded the patch today, and I just launched the game, and I'm, I'm noticing some improvements right away. We should definitely talk about it. I'm on Xbox and I don't get the beta update, but I am just online looking at people's videos and mm-hmm. very excited for when it finally comes to us. I'm just loving what I'm seeing because there's a lot of, like you said, there's a lot of little tweaks mm-hmm. and not all of these were really mentioned in the beta law, you know, the notes. Yeah, that's typical Bethesda. I mean, they leave little surprises for the community. So that's why it's rewarding to be a Starfield player, because there's always something more to find, to discover in these in every patch. Yeah. They're playful, right? Like there there's this element of surprise and playfulness that Bethesda has that we've both come to love and appreciate. Did they explicitly, I think they did mention the sunrises, right? Unless I missed it, mm-hmm. what I saw was that they were making general lighting improvements and stuff like that. Yes. I didn't see specifically them naming this. Now, by contrast, they did specifically say that uh, ringed planets, when the game launched, you if you were in space, mm-hmm. there would be a shadow cast on the ring itself the way it happens in real life. Yeah. But if you were, you know, boots on the ground, if you were down on a moon or a planet and you see this ringed planet in the sky, there would be no shadow. So a little bit immersion breaking, but it never was really a problem. I don't think anybody is calculating the position of the sun in the sky as everything's moving around to make sure that the shadows fall across the rings. Yeah. Now that it's in the game, we're going to be like, oh, that is cool. Yeah. It's one of those things where I'll suspend my disbelief. It doesn't matter to me. The fact that they're adding it now Hey, I do like it. Like, it looks cool. Yeah. And so they said that that would happen. But now what we're talking about is this uh, sunrise. So Mm -hmm. you see the sky change, starts to get brighter. You get the oranges, whatever. And then at some point, all of a sudden, boom, you would get that light glare, like of the the star in that system. Mm. And now you're actually seeing like the circular part of the star. Like you're actually seeing the star come up. It's very cool. It's it's beautiful. And like, you know, we've talked about the types of players that like to be out exploring. Mm-hmm. Usually I land on a planet and then I sit in a chair and wait until eh, usually about like seven or eight so that I get lots of daylight for exploring. I'll probably be doing like five or six now. Right. 
so I can get those sunrises. There you go. Are you familiar with the green flash phenomenon? No. When the sun is setting on the ocean. Right. On the West Coast, you're, you're, you're down at the beach and you see the sunset right as it dips below the horizon. There is a phenomenon like a, a literal green flash. Have you ever experienced that? Have you heard of that? So, no. Yeah. I, so when you said the green flash, I think I had heard of it, but I don't think I knew what it was. Yeah, but you, what you were describing earlier reminded me of that, kind of like that moment when, but in, in the opposite right. regard, where the sun rises and it kind of blinds you when that first ball of light kind of yeah. hits your eyeball. So, yeah, yeah, it's cool stuff. We, so we don't have this confirmed, right? Because the beta, the beta's only been out a few days at this point as of this recording. So people are still exploring it and that's why we're getting little trickles of videos, right? Mm -hmm. It took a few days for someone to say, whoa, sunsets are better. Will eclipses be cooler? They could be. Don't get me wrong. Discovering or seeing an eclipse in the game is was already awesome because it's a very special thing. It's like, it does not happen all the time. Mm -hmm. But now I'm wondering if they actually render like the disc, you know, the ball of the, the star. I'm just wondering if that's going to improve because because the way it is now, the light just sort of disappears. It's like very, very bright and yeah. then just disappears. But if they're actually rendering the star in the sky, I don't know. I can't wait. I can't wait to see if somebody catches one during the beta or once the update's actually out. Now I'm going to be looking. I mean, we are getting in, in the weeds a little bit with the lighting effects. You actually had mentioned to me earlier about NPCs in general, just in town, walking around a populated area. Yeah. They should look better. When I just launched the game and walked around New Atlantis, everything looked good. Like, you know, before, and I said this to you, I was like, oh, that, that dude's an NPC. Like saying it almost like an NPC <laughs> in real life when you see like a crazy person on the street. Yeah. Like there, you know, there goes an NPC. There's a little less uncanny valley. Right. I feel like. Yeah. Just walking around in general, a little less side eye. Yep. I, I think they've been working hard at, at fixing this kind of stuff. Our friend Berg sent me an article about, uh, so it was like sort of like a psychologist who studies people's faces. And mm. his whole thing was like, oh, here's why smiles look, you know, sort of fake in Starfield. And I didn't really think the facial animations are perfect. Like there's always room for improvement. But I think the facial animations are very good. Mm -hmm. I did find it interesting. He pointed out that there's sort of like a muscle near the eyes that's supposed to contract with mm -hmm. a genuine smile. And if you don't do that, you know, when you get into the uncanny valley and like your people look almost real, then you miss that little detail. Sometimes it make it look like a person is psychotic, like they're smiling and it's it's false. <laughs> right. Um, like that movie Smile, right? Or it's just like yeah. this really disturbing smile on their face. But a person smiling uses, it's not a thousand muscles because you don't have that many muscles in your face, but it's something obscene, like the amount yeah. of work that the muscles in your, your cheeks, your whole face yeah. are doing in order it's to crazy. create that smile that yeah. honestly, the, the developers don't have that kind of processing power or time to waste on a realistic smile at this point. That's kind of what I was They're getting closer though. That was the first part of the article. It was like, oh, that's very cool, but it's also nitpicky. Like it doesn't bother me that the game doesn't contract mm. those eye muscles. However, 
There was a second part of the article that was talking about how you shouldn't be showing the white of the eyes above the iris. Uh, and I think mm -hmm. that was what was happening with a lot of NPCs. <laughs> like, it, it, like they, it's why they all look like mm -hmm. they had crazy eyes because you, you should really, like, honestly, our eyelids usually cover up most of the top iris and you're just uncovering the pupil. Right. I honestly think in the update... That's one of the things that they fix. Sure. I'm not 100% sure because I don't have the video in front of me. How did this make it past the initial animation stages? No one <laughs> at working at Bethesda was like, dude, their eyes look a little crazy. I don't know. No one said that in a meeting or was it group think? Was it like the space shuttle disaster where <laughs> no one wanted to say anything about the O-ring? And I wonder, I wonder if, I would hope I would hope that it was just one of those things where like they had it just fine at some point, And then mm -hmm. in the last two months, some code was added that made everyone's eyes bug out. And they were like, okay, we'll work on this, but we got to ship the game. Right. I don't know. I like, yeah, I mean, there's a million things that happen in <laughs> development and like this sunset thing could have been something they developed a long time ago. Yeah. And yeah. then they had to scale a bunch of stuff back in order for it to run yep. on, you know, minimum specs or whatever. And now they might be piecing out certain things that don't bring the game to its knees. I firmly believe that, that like things like the shadows on the rings and the sun, I think a lot of this stuff was already almost ready. And like mm -hmm. you said, like it just they had to scrap it, it just to get the game launched. And now they're putting it in, and I'm glad they are. Like, okay, we don't, yes, we don't like when a game launches, like, and is fixed later. But, man, I, the game is, was fine, so I appreciate that, like, I appreciate when they don't just launch a game and say, well, we had other plans, but it's already launched. You don't ever get to see them. Yeah. <laughs> I you will never lay eyes on on the cool content that we had here. Because they could, you know, they could just, like, I would hate for this to happen, but they could launch the game and just say, eh, we'll put these improvements in the DLC when the DLC comes out. They could totally do that, and I'm right. glad that they're not doing that. It could that. make you pay for it later. Yeah. No. It's like uh, Disney... Aladdin, get it on DVD before it gets locked away in the Disney, <laughs> in the vault. Disney vault. Like, go out and buy, go out and buy Aladdin right now. I love how because you won't be able to. Dude, I loved having to explain. I worked at a video store, and most people like just didn't know about the Disney Vault, and they'd be like, "I want to buy mm -hmm. Aladdin or Lion really? King," because it was on every stinking VHS, like I, an intro. Right? You know? I don't know, but see. Yeah, I mean, I it's one of those things that you just that don't part. think about. Yeah, um, yeah. I remember having to say, you can't get it because it's in the vault. What do you mean it's in the vault? Like, this is just mm -hmm. what Disney does. You can't get it. And they're like, what? <laughs> yep. You know, this is random, but the sign of a good VCR was how 
minimal the fast forwarding lines were on the screen right. when you fast forward and and <laughs> wow minimal fast lines reversed this is or a, reversed this yeah. is a good one if it was like super fuzzy and it like took so long and the machine was making a bunch of noises like a washing machine yeah starting up or like an hp printer then you you knew you had a cheap vcr but oh, it's so it, funny just two little lines one at the middle of the top and middle of the bottom you had a really expensive vcr yeah. let me tell you i remember when we upgraded i was like oh man Look at that fast forward with the minimal lines. This, yeah, look at this amazing. It's a, what was it, like a dual head VCR. That's what <laughs> yeah, the difference yeah. was, I think. Yeah. You know, we've we've talked to death about the sunrise, but I do want to say that other additions to the lighting, uh, changes to the lighting, are also something that I'm very happy about. Uh, people have noticed some places that had very harsh lighting, and we're talking like, you would go into this woman's shop and it's like dark, except there's a light above her and it's just like dark behind her and blinding light hitting her from above. Hmm. And there's a lot of spots like that in Starfield and those are getting tweaked. Hmm. Nice. The lighting is much less harsh. It's kind of the opposite of what you said to me. It was more flat. It was like... right three camera sitcom lighting where they just light everything because they're using multiple cameras, you know, Yeah. versus like cinematic where it's one camera and they're specifically lighting for that one shot. So it feels much more cinematic. I haven't. Yeah. And I think that's like cyberpunk feels more cinematic. Yes. So people generally praise the graphics more. It does. It's a different game. Yeah. I'm, I'm not comparing that game style to this one, but the graphics on cyberpunk are a little more, advanced because they can it's not yeah you know as big as starfield i would argue it's but exactly yeah yeah i mean it'd be cool if you walked in and there was more dynamic lighting it didn't feel so flat see i know what you're talking about and yes i agree that overall the game is very flat but that but i guess what i mean is that there's parts where the 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 light it just it like everything is like the top part of someone's head or face is is mm -hmm. like completely it's like on white. fire and then yeah. everything else pitch black. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so there. That's a gaffer's problem. <laughs> you should fire the gaffer. Yeah. <laughs> the, the best boy. Uh, they, but yeah, so that's getting improved and I'm very happy about that. And then the other thing that shocked me, absolutely shocked me, is somebody noticed that the lighting isn't only just improved in Madame Savage's, so that bar in neon, mm -hmm. the lighting is completely different so Ooh. we're talking like good i was yeah. not exactly impressed with that bar like when i first walked into it i was expecting like there was cool stuff in there yeah but the lighting when you walk into a nightclub in vegas i mean it's all lighting right yeah yeah yeah, yeah. and then when they turn on the the house lights after everyone leaves it at 4 a.m <laughs> that's when you see some <laughs> you see some things yeah what's cool is that before it had like it's all green now it's all sort mm -hmm. of like warm colors, but it's very dark, like in a good way. They darkened it like crazy and made it just more like, you know, uh, different lighting here and there, like some orange and some oranges and stuff. Um, but mm -hmm. it's just, it's so crazy because it's 100% different. Hey, does does anybody smoke in Starfield? <gasps> wow, I don't think so. Have we ever covered that? Wait a minute. No, we haven't. Or vape or like a space pipe or minute. whatever it is to 200 years from now. So you can find packs of cigarettes. You can find cartridges like for vaping. 
And now you're blowing my mind because I'm like, mm-hmm. have I not seen anyone smoking in the no game? No one smokes. And wouldn't it be cool if you were in that in Madame Savage's and like someone sitting in the corner just vaping up this big cloud? Because right. that's like, yeah, that and is. And then lighting effects on the smoke. Yes. Do you think it's a programming choice or do you think it's like a political choice? Yeah, like a, a political or morality choice. It's, see, I don't know. That's weird because, they, like I said, you can find cigarettes in the game. Um, mm-hmm. But then again, now that now that you mention it, I don't think I ever saw anyone smoking in Fallout either. Yeah, I'm trying to think of a video game where I saw smoking. I know, I know they exist. Metal Gear. <laughs> Metal Gear. Metal solid. Gear. Yeah, you got to go back. It seems like it's kind of taboo to do it, which is really weird when you're shooting people in the head. Like yeah. the double standard is obnoxious and I don't, it doesn't reflect yeah. real life. Cause like real life you, especially here in Las Vegas where people come to smoke openly in a casino, even if they're not a normal smoker right. day to day or vape or whatever. Yeah. They're recreationally vaping Well, it, <laughs> and it's everywhere. It seems like we were talking about some of these, you know, vices just in our discord and respectfully like i i agree with so many of the people on our discord that were just like oh smoking's really gross you know or uh you know drinking you know was really bad in my family stuff like that and i'm mm-hmm. 100% totally respectful of, of that type of thing i'm not a smoker you know if it's in a movie if it's a character like that doesn't bother me right I don't. I, it's acting. It's acting. It's a look. I don't smoke, so that's why I like to burn incense because yeah. it's nice to see that like whiff, wisp of smoke and you know just going up. It's yeah. it's very relaxing. And your incense is in the form of a Marlboro light. So <laughs> yeah. I mean that's just your choice, but <laughs> it's 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 tobacco scented. <laughs> <laughs> uh, cool menthols, huh? But. Yeah. I agree that it'd be cool because we've seen in the back alleys of Neon mm-hmm. in Ebside, there's like steam coming up through the vents and the light right. realistically like will shine through that smoke. So, hey, let's see some people vaping in the bars. Like, Yeah, absolutely. I mean, think about it. We've got, you walk into the Madame Sauvages and there is Aurora drinks everywhere. And what is Aurora but a mind-bending, uh, you know, altering drug, essentially. Yeah. So they're showing drug use in a sense. Um, so come on, show me some people smoking. Why not? They talk about Aurora. You see people in Ebside that are like definitely high. They're like, oh, the colors, you know. Um, mm-hmm. But I don't know if I've ever seen somebody in the act of taking Aurora. But, but then you as the player, yeah. you can. I don't know. What's what's the game rated? Mature. Is it? It is mature. Yeah. Yeah. So, hmm. It's funny because people criticize. That that's one of the things, as they say, it feels too non-mature rated. Yeah. Dude, you have some people smoking already that, that makes it feel more mature. Yeah. But, but I don't know. People are... Dude, people are terrified. This game tells kids to smoke cigarettes. Yep. Yeah influencing kids to smoke. I partially understand it. So guys, like if you're, if you're like, no, but it will influence kids. I get it. But at the same time, it's like, it is a mature rated game. Like you said, you 
kill people. You're murdering people like all the time. Like you can be evil if you want, Mm -hmm. but no smoking. Don't, don't do it. I don't know. Right. Yeah. Please no smoking. What was that movie? Thank you for smoking. Thank you for smoking. That's right. Yep. You know what I would love? Smurfs on DVD. Oh yeah. Besides, well, I already got, I got Smurfs on HD, uh, HD Blu-ray. Um, favorite movie the full series what i would love is right now when you go into a bar and you buy a drink in starfield it just goes into your inventory and you can drink it there Mm -hmm. oh man if only we had a drink animation because that's one thing i really like about uh red dead redemption and red dead redemption 2 Mm -hmm. is like or, or like grand theft auto when you go and you buy a drink they put the shot on the counter and there's a whole animation of you drinking it and then you know the screen starts to get fuzzy if you can show me during one gameplay me getting in and out of my spaceship chair 10 times on accident <laughs> then <laughs> the least you could do is throw in a, a uh, you know drinking a beer animation when i go to the bar oh man when my friends and i played sea of thieves and granted this is Sure, it's a multiplayer game, so it's a little bit different. But I think this principle still applies. At the end of every game, when we're done with treasure, we would go to the tavern and we would just keep drinking until we got like totally hammered and and just like, you know, barfing on each other. It's like, it was just chaos and it was so much fun. Wait, did they barf in that game? Yeah. Did they show a barf animation? Oh, yeah. No, it's oh, nice. it's gross. It's gross in a, in a good way. We discovered that if you pulled out, like you had a bucket for getting water off the ship, mm-hmm. you could actually get drunk, barf into the bucket, and then save that bucket. Later, if you encounter <laughs> enemy players, no, you could pull that bucket out, splash it on their face, and their screen would be covered in barf for a limited time, and then you could attack them. That's amazing. Talk about emergent gameplay. Love those details. <laughs> I love role-playing in Bethesda games. Hey, Red Dead Redemption, Grand Theft Auto, these are single-player games. If I had the option to go into the bar, talk to somebody, and then mm-hmm. have a shot, take a drink, like give it, those animations would make such a difference. But whatever, we don't have them, so. Well, I think I just figured out what we want. We want more flair. Yeah. And when you think about Baldur's Gate 3 winning Game of the Year, RPG of the Year, that game has flair coming out of its ears. I mean, there are so many cool things that you can do in that game that are unexpected and like are payoffs for right. trying crazy things that it's become legendary. Yeah. There is flair in Starfield. Like sure. we've talked about um, repair and go or chunks to go. Yep. So there's flair out there. But yeah, I think I think there's room for more. The idea of flair actually reminds me of something that we have talked about in the past, the idea of launching your ship and having an animation that takes you into space, right? Mm-hmm. So we've talked about that. And a lot of players were saying, oh, that would be better than the load screen. And I agree and disagree. I agree because it would make it feel more real, more immersive. I also disagree because after how many times seeing it, do you want to always see it? Mm-hmm. A new gameplay demonstration came out of this new star wars game that's coming soon in the video the protagonist she runs up to the console she jumps in the seat the ship takes off and it does that it goes up into space through the clouds through the atmosphere and into space and then you're playing again in space very cool very cool it was like 30 seconds long 
And I was like, that's a long time. People, people were I, I, like, there was a bunch of these comments that were like, see Starfield, this is so hard. And I'm like, y'all are going to be really annoyed with that screen after the 50th time, mm-hmm. <laughs> maybe after the 20th time, 30 seconds, dude. Oh, it's so crazy. My ultimate wish list for that procedure of like taking off, going into space would be let me fly the ship from A to B. Oh, yeah. And if I want to skip the atmosphere, if I want to crash and burn, if I want to fly over, um, you know, they they could let you fly slowly over the surface. Oh, yes. And to limit yeah. it somehow, maybe. Yep. And then it, it could be some technical thing that they could invent in the game. Like, oh, you have to like be going up or you can't pick up speed because of, you know, whatever, some yeah. techno babble. Then you could s- kind of slowly go across the surface and then you could point upward and start to go into the atmosphere and then you pick up speed. I know I'm asking for a lot, but I mean, it'd be fun yeah. to play around with those mechanics. It would, yeah. Um, whereas currently it feels more like space, the space battles and stuff feel like you're, you're in control of the ship. Everywhere else, it feels more like you're on an elevator ride, kind of. Yeah. Like you're getting on and off an elevator. Yeah. That's that's what I think is so important about uh, those ship battles is you actually feel like, oh, I, I'm actually flying. Mm-hmm. And, and you're right. You don't, you don't get that elsewhere. So I started a new character, and I replayed one of those early missions where they uh, it's the stealth ship mission. And we've talked about how you get that one part, that one time where they're like, oh, you can stealth past ships by powering down your, you know, ev- power down all systems except for just enough engine. That initial space flight tutorial. Yeah. and In-game tutorial. Yeah, but it's interesting because it's like a tutorial for stealth on your ship. Mm-hmm. And then I actually want to correct something that I said in the past because people said, why did they show you that and then you never do that again in the game? Now, mm-hmm. at the time in defending Bethesda, I said, oh, well, they're just showing you one way that you can do things and you can choose to do that later. I don't think that's true necessarily. Tell me I'm wrong, but every time you warp into like a ship battle, mm-hmm. you're sort of like in the middle of the ship battle or... If it's far off, it's two people having a battle together. Mm-hmm. The stealth becomes inconsequential because if you're moving that slowly, that battle's going to be over anyway. Like you see is going to kill the pirates or whatever. They should have put a different tip in there. They should have put the drift tip in instead. Yeah. That's way more useful and something that I use all the time. The stealth, I did successfully use it one time early in the game. And you're right. It was when... There were spacers fighting off ecliptic or something like that, right? And they were off away. You're right. When you warp in, you're immediately hailed and bounty hunters or whatever. So there's no chance. I would love to warp, like, I would love to have it where you warp into a system and you're immediately told by your crew, you know, we've got enemies in this system and Mm -hmm. they can point them out. You know, you, you can see them in a distance and give you the option to sneak past them if you want. I just feel like there's not an opportunity to, to use that, especially if you start mm-hmm. a new game. You're not going to have a very powerful ship. So the 
option of putting down all the systems and sneaking in. Yeah. Or we've talked about contraband. Mm-hmm. Why am I wrong? Can you, I'm wondering, can you go to like one of the outer planets and then find a way to like sneak past that? That to me would be so rad. Like, you mean in terms of a, a planet that has the scanning, like yeah, so, Jemison or... Yeah, let me clarify. So it's like, yeah, instead of going to Jemison, and because as soon as you load in, they're like, we're mm-hmm. going we're gonna to scan you for contraband. Yeah. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh, yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks... Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Like, how cool would it be to choose to go to a planet further out and then find a way to sneak in? I don't know. Like, I just... I using want that stealth mechanic maybe that, using that. that you mentioned earlier. Yeah. Yeah, I like where you're going with this. And that actually made me think of a thing that happened to me on Neon. There's a quest with the Strikers where you have to go hack signage. Yeah, yeah. The first one that you hack, or in my experience, the first one I hacked, no problem. The second one I hacked, maybe it's just the order you choose them. A scripted event occurs, which a security guard sees you (laughs) and then shakes you down for yeah. money, right? I'm dying already. So, yeah, because I think I know where this is going. <laughs> well, that that is an unexpected that is changing, that's moving the goalposts. That's changing the rules of the game because the rule of the game is if you can stealth and get away with it, you should be able to. But in that occurrence, there's no possible way to stealth. It just there's happens. Not, scripted. I just did this. And yeah. <laughs> What's what's weird about it is like if you don't know this going into that mission, I I'm like, okay, I'm gonna have some fun with this. I quick save, I do it again, the same thing happens. What what was weird was it's a different security guard, but it's the same scripted uh, sequence. Yeah. Same voice not the same voice, a different voice, which I thought was interesting. That but is anyway, interesting, yeah. So I'm running around neon. <laughs> and I can see him chasing me like all the other security guards are just do to do. They don't yeah. care whatsoever. <laughs> and he's running after me. And I'm like, I'm going to dish oh, this man. guy. So I went around. I went to the I went to the ebb side. I find some dark alleyway <laughs> where there's no other NPCs. And he tries to shake me down and I murder him. And of course, Sarah leaves me. <laughs> um, but. I, I was like, then I find out later from someone in our Discord that it's a scripted sequence. And I'm like, oh, it makes so much more sense that you're, you know, you're finding out about how the corruption is happening in the sc- But yeah, point is, you can't establish rules of the universe, which are security see you when you do things versus a scripted event involving security. I know. I don't know. It was I un- unexpected. I, I struggle with this because there's some times where I cat I, I'm like, oh, okay, I see I see what they're doing. They're setting up something. Or like you said, it's to show you how corrupt they are. So it's like I see that, but mm-hmm. at the same time, I'm just I'm dying because I I literally did that mission again this weekend. And because I, I've mm-hmm. done this mission a lot because that's how you get a certain jacket. And I always have to do it. But 
I did. I I didn't run around as much as you, but it was so funny. I was like the the kid that's gonna ring the doorbell and run away. Go up. Mm-hmm. I'm like, here we go. I'm gonna and I'm looking around. There's no guard. There's no guard anywhere. And I flip the switch and I bolt the other direction and I hide behind the the wall. <laughs> Same thing. I see him coming like the Terminator, like yeah. It's, and he, and then he comes up and it's like, come on, like. I don't know. It, it it reminds me of like there's a an encounter with a ship that you that is in the game. So it's a scripted event. You go in. There's this whole thing, and then I undock from the ship, and for reasons that are my own, I wanted to blow this ship to pieces, and mm-hmm. I'm like, bam, 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 and it's doing no damage, and they're talking it, and then they they warp away no problem and mm-hmm. <laughs> that bothered me cuz i'm like let me blow them out of the sky well then right. later later then that ship became a scripted of it's like part 2 and it shows up and then i was able to fight that well they were fighting me anyway and then and then i blew them up yeah so, yeah, that's like the classic yeah. Fallout thing where there are certain NPCs that are protected. Yeah. I think it was Fallout New Vegas where you can literally kill everybody yeah. and then that just ends that storyline. Yeah. Same thing with Baldur's yeah. Gate. Like you can you can kill storylines left and right in that game. Which is kind of satisfying. They had some of that in Skyrim too where mm-hmm. there were some unkillables I think, but Man, I feel like almost everyone, like, you could kill the shopkeeper, and then that that shop is closed. Sometimes there would be someone that replaces them, and if they die, then the shop is just closed. It's just like, you better start a new game if you want to go to that shop. It's like a new family member. (laughs) It's like the (laughs) uncle. Yeah. And then it's like the cousin. Eventually, you kill the entire family. Yeah. Starfield definitely has more unkillable... NPCs than I've ever seen in a Bethesda game, which mm-hmm. for a lot of people is a big problem. For me, eh, it's a tiny problem because one character in particular I just hate. And I hate that I was not, like, even after this story was done, I was not able to kill this character. Mm-hmm. But then, <laughs> then I think, okay, it's possible that they're setting up a DLC story. Mm. And so, like, I understand that for reasons of storytelling, some of these characters need to be unkillable. I, I think they could still do it, though, and right. then make you regret it later. Like, Oh, yeah. You, you go to right. do the DLC, and, it, and it's like, sorry, you got to actually re-roll, or, you know. You are at... <laughs> just you no, can't experience this. You're 100% right. Like, we're, we're big boys, right? You're 100% right. They should let you do it and make you regret it. Yep. Mm-hmm. I agree. Hey, congrats on level 100, by the way. Thank you. Yes. I yeah. finally hit level 100. Gosh, it was it was so exciting. You know, everyone has everyone now knows that my next new character was going to be a Ronin character. So, Ronin being mm-hmm. that you start out uh with a melee build and I have to give the game credit. So, I thought for sure that I was going to have to use a gun for a long time. But I started out in the opening pirate, you know, Barrett arrives, Mm -hmm. pirates come to the mine 
and they're like, pick up that gun. I picked up a gun and right away a pirate came running out that had an axe, a rescue axe. Ooh. Yeah. I shot him, took that axe, and I have not used a firearm since. Tell me your spec. So currently the skills that I spec are... Dueling. Yeah, definitely. So the first one that I went into was definitely dueling uh, to get mm-hmm. that going. Now... Did you did you blow some on the boost pack right away? Because it's frustrating without upgrading that, right? Yeah. Actually, I tried to put off the boost pack as long as I could um, just because I wanted to just get dueling right away. And... After a while, I was like, I've got to have at least one. <laughs> I have to have at least mm-hmm. one skill point in boost pack. It's pretty puny, right? Yeah, I would like more as well, like when you get to the max level. But I got to say, like, now that I'm at level one on boosting, I, I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, this is really rough. Yeah. Because <laughs> what, what I've realized is while, yes, you probably, it, it'd be nicer to stay in the air longer, what I'm realizing is that my biggest issue is how long it takes for them to recharge. So on level four mm-hmm. boosting, once you, you know, you might not be in the air that long, but once you hit the ground, they recharge pretty fast. <laughs> and, Definitely. And now they mm-hmm. don't. Yeah, so that's rough. But yeah, so I got one point there and then I'm already up to four points in dueling, which is mm-hmm. uh, just so important. So I'm Do you have a power that you've unlocked? I have unlocked zero powers. Okay. I'm finding I'm not anti-powers, but I'm finding that I'm I'm really enjoying the groundedness of mm-hmm. the game and the sci-fi, you know, story and, and experience without getting the powers yet. So I'm putting points into skills for having lots of health and then also mm-hmm. so pain tolerance lowers the amount of physical damage that you re- you receive um mm-hmm. and then in addition to that i didn't think i was going to be doing a lot of stealth but stealth ends up being you are you automatically get one of those points as a ronin so i am actually finding it to be somewhat helpful because especially like if you can get in close to people without them shooting you that that is a help um Mm-hmm. But then the other big one is martial arts. Martial arts is super cool because you actually have a chance of disarming your opponent. So it's mm. like a 15, I want to say it's like a 10 to 15% chance of disarming their opponent with the power attack. I want to point out something very interesting about Starfield and how they handle melee. There is a huge difference between playing in first person and third person. So, mm. right now I'm using... Wait, please tell me that first person's better because that's pretty much exclusively what I've been doing. Okay, so the difference between so the difference between first person and third person, when you use the wakizashi, which is basically a katana, in first person, it does a forward-like jab, but mm-hmm. you stand in place. Because it just that's better for first person gameplay, I suppose. However, mm-hmm. when you play third person and you do that same attack, the power attack will actually lunge you forward like five feet. So oh, wow. the gameplay totally changes. Like 
the way that you like are going to angle these shots or, you know, plan in combat is totally mm -hmm. different because yeah, when you're playing first person, it's more like a standing attack and like a jab. Right. Um, now, but you know what I've noticed is is fighting large beasts with melee weapons is harder in first person because you can't judge distance, and usually the larger beast has a pretty big attack box, right? That can hit you from pretty far away. So you're you're trying to flank it or hit it from behind. Yep. Yeah, it could be more help, helpful to do it in third person. Find that with uh, melee, I kind of have to switch between first person and third depending on the situation. Uh, some of our Discord members were talking about toilet loot. Mm -hmm. If you yeah. walk up to a toilet and you hit it or shoot it, the lid pops up and sometimes there's something in there. So, hey, if there's loot that you might not be getting people, you know, uh, so check the toilets. But I got to tell you, toilet loot actually made me learn something else about melee mm -hmm. like i was trying to stay in third person because of the whole style of like the sword and everything i can't aim down at the toilet to hit it so like the uh. sword attacks are sort of like they're animated to be uh specifically for fighting people or or enemies right and mm -hmm. so they're all sort of like across you can't aim down but then I right. switch to first person and you can aim down and hit things. Wherever you aim, you're going to hit them. So it's there is actually just a gigantic difference. Yeah. I mean, aiming down when, you know, working with the toilet is, is definitely a key skill. <laughs> it's a very important skill. Uh, yes. Oh, man. But it almost feels like two very different games to be trying to do melee in uh, third person and first person. I think I'm I glad you brought that up yeah. because I'm going to try third person when fighting beasts. I think that's going to be a lot easier. And I'm over here, you know, boxing. <laughs> yeah. I, on beasts, I do switch to like shotguns and some exterminator right. perked stuff just because sometimes they're just too, too difficult to sit there and box them, especially when there's multiple hunters hitting you pretty hard. So, yeah, I saw one of our listeners actually commented and, and let me know that probably doing melee i would want to also specialize in chems because mm -hmm. basically there's certain drugs that you can make high level drugs that sort of enhance your abilities to fight and all that stuff but yeah the damage resistant ones are absolutely necessary because yeah. otherwise you go through a ton of med packs i i use the ones that i find and i'll probably yeah do some skill up on on chems and start you know become the walter white and start cooking. <laughs> mm -hmm. It was a huge challenge, just like you had, to start out doing a melee build. Even worse for you because you were just punching. Once I got to level four of dueling, I actually get back health with every person I kill. Yeah. I should have spec that first. Yeah. Like, because that's a key perk. I'll go into a battle. The skills that I have... I will come out of it with very little health lost at the end, which is crazy because mm -hmm. when I first started, I was like chugging med packs like crazy. Mm -hmm. It's very satisfying to run around and just stab people and just take people out. I love that when if you do a lunge attack or any kind of sword attack and if it kills them, it also is sending them flying in whatever direction your sword hit them. 
Mm -hmm. So it's very satisfying. Do you find running with a companion is making it difficult to use the melee build? I do. Not necessarily. Having a companion is good because they're always using guns. Mm -hmm. And so they hang back and they'll actually draw some fire. I actually find that a lot of enemies are shooting at them while I flank and take them out with a sword. Mm. Not always, but... Yeah, but you know how each perk requires you to like kill 100 enemies by melee before you can get to the next one? Oh. For like dueling. Right. For example, yeah. right? When your companion's over there like shooting up all the available baddies... I think their damage is low enough. It takes longer. Does it, it doesn't count, right? Right. Mm. No, it wouldn't count towards my kill, but they're... I think the damage they do is low enough that they're not taking too many kills away from me, I don't think. Mm. And sometimes if I see they're firing at an enemy, dropping their health a little bit, I'll try to get in there and get the last hit so it does count towards mine. Right. You'll just take some bullets in the back so that you can get the kill. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You'll step right in the line of fire. Because I can now survive a lot of these battles... I think I'm going to be putting skills into some of the more like the acrobatic stuff. Mm. To me, like being able to just run super fast around a battlefield and just take people out with a katana. Yeah. I just it's it's been a lot of fun. I actually was worried that I was not going to like it. That that is a concern in a game that's mostly about guns. Mm -hmm. And they do need to, you know, we've talked we they need to boost the melee a little bit. Uh, in an update but yeah you know i'm still looking forward to getting the slide because the slide yes seems like it might be key from you know closing distances the slide's fun yeah. i had that on my last character oh you had it yeah mm -hmm. it's actually really cool with all the melee action you're in there fighting do you need more music in your game now one of the reasons i think i wasn't appreciating the music in the game as much as uh as i should is in skyrim the music was defaulted to be pretty loud like it was pretty almost all-encompassing during some mm -hmm. parts of the song like and it worked like it was very pleasant especially if you're just out in the wilderness so i've noticed that the the music in starfield effortlessly melds into the game itself and the atmosphere you're not the only one to notice that because it didn't get a lot of music shout outs. Right. You know, from critics and awards and all that other yeah. stuff. Yeah, it, it really hasn't gotten the recognition that it probably deserves. I was actually dragging bodies so that I could set up like a photo op um, for, you know, <laughs> mm -hmm. to, I just wanted to take a screenshot. Okay, you psycho. <laughs> I was doing and because I was wow. doing this... <laughs> what was that, Road to Perdition? You're like uh, Jude Law in Road to Perdition. <laughs> um, I was going to say, uh, oh, if you have you ever seen Nightcrawler with Jake Gyllenhaal? Was that with... Yes, that's disturbing. I That's one of my favorite movies now. I love that movie so much. And yeah, there's that part where he like... He's trying to get a good shot, and so of a car accident and he like drags a person that was in the mm -hmm. car accident. Anyway, yes, psychotic. Uh, because I was doing this quiet activity, I started to notice the music around the, you know, Ebside Neon area. I noticed mm -hmm. it more than I usually do. And I was kind of, I kind of was hit with this sort of like, 
man, this, I really love this music, but I've always just sort of heard it way in the background. So I went mm -hmm. and I checked the settings and I noticed that the default settings, everything is all the way up to a hundred, except music is like down, I don't know, around 70, whatever. And then dialogue is down. And I thought, well, of course I, I could imagine dialogue being down if, if the music is down. So I just turned mm -hmm. everything up. Um, I feel like I'm enjoying the game more. I feel like I'm enjoying the music more. I'm actually hearing it. So yeah, I'm gonna do that too. I think that's a great idea. Yeah, this yeah, it's a very recent change that I just did. So I I still have yet to like see how it is as I explore other places. But um, so far mm -hmm. so good. Like the music is really good, and I just think it's too low. Somebody turn off that bazooki. <laughs> Remember the cheese shop. No. Monty Python cheese shop. Oh. What? No. Where it's like, it's got that bazooki playing in the background. And he's like, Hillshire, Imsleydale. Yes? No. Do you have any Imsleydale cheese? You don't know the cheese shop skit? Uh, skit? <laughs> I'm feeling very it's disappointed. It's the single most popular Monty Python skit what? in the world. I thought the dead parrot it's, was the most popular. It's probably top five. Oh, it's got to be top I'm gonna five. I'm going to watch it. All right, right, you need to stop what you're doing and go watch the cheese shop. <laughs> Turn off the... the Bloody bazooki. The bazooki. <laughs> bazooki. I don't, no one knows what a bazooki is, but <laughs> that's what it was. You know who plays a, a amazing bazooki? Who, who plays an amazing bazooki? Unconscionable from our Discord. Oh, yeah? Yeah, they're, they're quite the talented uh, bazooki player. But you know what they did? They went and visited every single chunks in the galaxy. Yes. They uh, yes. They documented all six chunks restaurants in the settled systems. Yeah. Um, that we're aware of, at least. Last time I saw them post, they were on a quest to find the uh, chunks to go ship. I think they just had to check that one off. Oh but yeah. If you go into that one's our, hard to find. Yeah. It is. If if you go into our Discord and go into the Starfield Adventure Club channel. You can read all of Unconscionable's visits to the Chunks restaurants. Yeah, this was so there you this go. This was a very entertaining, you know, world tour, universe tour of Chunks restaurants. Um, so I very mm -hmm. much appreciated this. Did he give him a rating? You know, four out of five for the Paradiso Chunks. He should have. If he didn't, if he didn't, he should. <laughs> He's got to go back. Oh no, it would it wouldn't be stars, it'd be four chunks out of five chunks. Yeah, yeah. Honestly, if you haven't checked out the Discord yet, we've got a link in the show notes. One thing that I just I, I love about the Discord is people are discovering things in Starfield that I still haven't seen in the game and they'll post it there. It's mm -hmm. very cool to see. I'm looking at our Discord right now, and one of our Discord members, Scotty, has found a frozen lake. Like, I have never found what? a frozen lake in the game, and they found one. Mm. So it's very, very cool to see. I that is cool. I also want to do one other shout-out from our Discord. We have a section called Drive. Every week we have a challenge where you're building a ship. So it's a shipbuilding challenge. Mm -hmm. And this week we are doing Crimson Fleet Ships. Yes. Wow. Okay, so people have already like made some really cool stuff. There's a user in our group named Ben who made a ship that actually has the Crimson Fleet skull design from all their graffiti. Awesome. It's basically like a piece on top of their ship 
and it's very cool it's like a black ship with a red skull incredibly creative and really fun to see so this is this is what the discord is all about is like it's enhancing the game for all of us and that's not just us mm -hmm. saying that like so many people in the discord have said that having this community has breathed so much more life into the game absolutely and someone posted the exact color palette for crimson like i don't know how they did that whether it was trial and error or maybe they found it online oh, but they gave nice. us the uh you know the exact color to match the crimson ship i mean you don't have to use that but it's nice to yeah. be able to quickly you know punch it in there if you are trying to do the the uh, challenge for drive yeah that that is cool yeah i, I just love that sense of community and, mm -hmm. and everyone helping each other out all right. Well, last week we actually launched our Patreon. So for the first time, we we got it up and running. Mm -hmm. And we just want to say thank you so much to everyone that has uh, responded and, and helping out. And hey, you also are getting access to a bunch of like really cool stuff like bonus episode. We're going to do a live stream and early access, ad free, all that good stuff. You can finally get that uh, unsightly facial hair removed as well, right? Yeah, that's 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 what. That's what we want to do. What do you call a blind rabbit sitting on your face? A blind rabbit sitting on your face? I don't know. What do you call that? Unsightly facial hair. <laughs> <laughs> I can cut that, but du you Dwayne's, never know. <laughs> Dwayne's, Dwayne's got his book of jokes from the 1920s. Mm -hmm. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> That's why no one has heard them before, because they're so outdated that... Uh, that's true. They're they're once again funny, that's, or maybe not. That's true. If they're outdated enough, they're they're brand new and fresh again. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Michael, I was overwhelmed by the response to our Patreon. I want to thank everybody, and actually, I want to throw out a few names if you're cool with that. Yes, please. Okay. Yes, let's shout them out. Yeah, we got Richard, we got Hicks, Illinist, Todd, Rampage, American X, Chance, Shenanigan, Kevin, Lucas. And Kristen, all supporters. Absolutely amazing. Yes. Thank you so much to those. Oh, there's more here. Yes. In addition to them, we also have Slappy92. We've got Griffin, Ben. We've got Olivier. And of course, special shout out to the very first subscriber of the Patreon, which was Worst Action Hero. That name is not, you know, not the best name for him. I think he's the greatest action hero. I don't think that name yeah. is true. Yeah, he's not the worst. Yeah. <laughs> it is a clever he's name. The, and the we greatest. Wanna, we want to thank Worst Action Hero. Thank you so much for uh, joining our Patreon. We appreciate it. Yeah. And you can get early access. You can get special bonus episodes and such. You can check out the link, see what's there. You can actually join for as low as a dollar a month. Mm -hmm. So check it out. And we're actually going to do our first live show for our patrons, right? Yep. Uh, coming up pretty soon. We're going to get that on the schedule. You'll be able to see it in the Discord, or you'll see it scheduled on Patreon itself. It'll be 2 a.m. Hawaii time, whatever that is. <laughs> <laughs> so Yeah. You're going to want to stay up for this. <laughs> yeah. And thanks to everyone that listens on Spotify, Apple, and thank you to those watching on YouTube. Gosh, we love the comments on there. Yeah. There's, there's always interesting things to read on there, so... Please leave a comment. Let us know. Uh, are you doing a melee build? Whatever you want to talk about. Yeah, if you have a melee build, I'd love to, to hear your, your tips. Mm -hmm. And all links are provided in the show notes below. Also, if you like the show, consider dropping a five-star review on your favorite podcast app. That would really help us out. 
And thanks for traveling the Starfield with us. Make sure you subscribe because we will be back for more next week. We'll see you then. <laughs>